in yet another Michael move made famous in a Tempe parking structure, a Colorado man tried to eat his own underwear in the hopes that the cotton fabric would absorb alcohol prior to his taking a breathalyzer test. He was acquitted of the charge of impaired driving, but onlookers were quoted as saying, His breath smells like ass. Well, if you wanted honesty, you've come to the wrong place. This is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Uh, Michael, you misspoke. It is I'm Assmouth. <laughs> it's a kink. Yes. I'm sorry. You, you can't judge me for it. Yeah, that's a fine point. 2021, man. I don't judge. Mm-hmm. I uh, I saw a Hard Times article that reminded me of you guys. Uh-oh. Is this another porn site? Yes. No, okay. it's uh, Rush Limbaugh emerges from Pet Cemetery unchanged. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, approached former President Trump and asked, "Where are my testicles, Donna?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. In our in our podcast canon, Donald transitioned. transitioned. Yes. Um, we were talking before we rolled Shane and I, and we were uh, we were terrifying Courtney and Michael about our encyclopedic knowledge of porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. But I realize now, and I, I'm surprised at that tune why Courtney isn't equally as addicted uh, to pornography. And that's because I think our upbringings really put this into us because of uh, like we we were Catholic or I was Catholic. Shane was Mormon, and Courtney. Uh, you know, you you got some Christian trauma, so I feel like they were like, "Don't do these things! Don't do these things!" So then, all I wanted to do uh, was watch really violent porn. <laughs> Blame it on the saints that won't let you spank it. Yeah, when the saints come marching in is a very different song to me now. <laughs> uh, they used to tell me to hum a hymn whenever I had lustful feelings. So that's why you is, sing so much. There is a really wonderful uh, Mormon tune that is called Onward Christian Soldiers, <laughs> and of course, and uh, Hold to the Rod. And, uh, and those are always hold to the, rod. the first two things that uh, <laughs> sprung to mind <laughs> as I sprung. Uh, but what are you going to do? Can't yeah. be helped. Michael, is it week two of Sobercast, or does your second cousin twice remove have a birthday? <laughs> no, I mean, it was St. Patty's Day. It's St. Patty's Day as of this recording, so we went and toured around downtown Chandler uh, earlier today. Oh, my God. I mean, that being said, I had one beer when I was doing my errands, but I, I, is Sobercasting just we're not drinking while we record? We can we we, ruined, the... we needed rules before we did this, and we didn't establish any rules. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, you know what? We'll do full sober cast next week, completely. No beer before, no beer during. You guys just sound like alcoholics that are like, well, if I drink upside down and it's after midnight, then it doesn't count, right? I boof it exactly. in my butt. It's fine. I don't feel the effects until like 10 minutes after I drink it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's quite established that I feel like, like I have like... a problem, so... It's like it's like I am so miserable doing any task that I need to be drunk or I need to have a drink before I do it or during preferably. Uh, John does have some thirsts that cannot be quenched other than rectally, so we've uh, we've learned. True that. Yeah. Um. Well, 
can I dive into something before for Courtney is there? Do you have any preamble things for us? I I do have to. Uh, we we need to talk about the uh, Shane's the paranoia cast here. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and then I will dive into yours. So I sent a link to a YouTuber who I have been watching in our group chat, uh, and this was probably a couple days ago. And I'm going. To, it was apropos of Michael mentioning on the podcast that he really enjoys a YouTube channel that talks about the fact that you suck at cooking. And as we have yet another chef in our midst here with Courtney, I went. Here's a channel I really like, and this gentleman entertains me. So I throw it into the chat. And there's crickets. Uh, and so then I, in the way that my mind normally functions, is I must have offended somebody by saying something that was untoward or inappropriate. Or that is painful. And Courtney has kind of an interesting backstory (laughs) with some odd situations we will leave alone. But I was afraid that I had mentioned someone who may have triggered something. And so I then proceeded to dive down a rabbit hole of everything she has posted to Facebook and or Instagram relative to the events that I was worried about. (laughs) And then discovered that uh, Arizona Central had used one of your posts specifically that they were linking as the pictures. And I'm like, oh, wow, you should have gotten at least a little more fanfare for being super famous that way. I mean, you're a local celebrity. You've been mentioned in the New Times more than our band has (laughs) (laughs) at this point. So, uh, yeah, that's how my brain works, friends and neighbors. So now that I realize that none of you actually saw that chat and I did not specifically tag Courtney in it to try to draw her attention, uh, I'm just living on a prayer over here (laughs) or lemon on a pear, as John said last week. What's so funny is I just went far enough back that I saw saw it and i like that guy's youtube videos so you he's great you are just upset for for no reason mostly because i uh-huh. was just ignoring john's microphone that. talk it's not even upset <laughs> that is the shane hunt story i was gonna say i was just more afraid i am always on the verge of sabotaging something without trying and so i have to make sure that i can try to you know stealthily recover from being an insensitive prick sometimes and uh, so I'm always in that walking on eggshells or, or broken glass kind of phase in my mental state, apparently. But that's neither here nor there. So, uh, John, tell me about the waters of your homeland. Oh, boy. Um, you guys, did you know that a study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine found that ED affected about 26% of men under the age of 40? Bullshit. Nope, it's true. Why are you looking for this, John? Sometimes your dick just don't want to work. But, luckily for us, capitalistic heroes exist to save us. Enter my favorite headline of all time. It's from Men's Health, published January 10th, 2018. I tested out five gas station dick pills and they almost destroyed my body. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Did it fall off? <laughs> so, if I have your permission, from if I have your consent, let's put it that way, since we're talking about sensitive things. Never. Uh, <laughs> I can read the article, because it's not that long, especially if I can just, you know, barrel through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Well, this almost sounds like it is just rife for one of those glorious afterdarks that we were angling for at some point. Do you want me to read this on the afterdark? Uh, I, well, I mean, we can use this as a fanfic. I mean, I read about someone's gastrointestinal distress for 37 minutes at one point. So content's content, my friend. 
Mm, tasty, tasty content. Uh, you, mm. you said you have multiples of these, right? Uh, just different articles that I've found that mm-hmm. are pretty, pretty uh, silly. I think these are easy things for us to discuss, but we will uh, keep this one here. And we can have it uh, exclusive okay. to the podcast fans to try to get Ooh. more folks to listen over here. Okay. As a, a sous-son of John doing right. his non-professional voice actor reading. Right. So I'll, I'll get through this as quickly as I can because it's, it's, not, it's not that long. Bullshit. I didn't prep any lies or anything. I just wanted to read this article to you guys and then we'll get to the actual point of the show, which is Courtney lying to us. That is um, your, your second best famous last words behind sis i had the vasectomy we're fine <laughs> no it's sis uh you had the vaccine you can't get pregnant i'm gonna be a dad i'm gonna be a dad um <laughs> uh, so again this is this is uh written in 2018 um who wrote this ben who greenfield mm. oh that ben. yes yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great uh, la- yeah Beautiful, beautiful. You know, household names like yeah. Ben Greenfield. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm on the record right now. Fuck you, Ben Greenfield. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I guess get we fisted. have beef with Ben Greenfield now. Get, I'll take it. Get fisted at a Taco Bell, Ben Greenfield. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's he's better than that at a at a Del Taco. If you get a moment away from felching the family dog, Ben Greenfield, <laughs> you can fuck yourself as well. <laughs> and with that said, last year, it was reported that professional MMA fighter John Jones failed his UFC two, uh, 200 drug test, leading him to being banned from the event and missing out on a rumored eight-figure payday. Allegedly. The culprit behind his failed test? A drug similar to the erection pill Cialis, a.k.a. a generic boner booster, according to MMA Mania. <laughs> Did you just say Cialis? Whatever. <laughs> Cialis? Cialis. It's Cialis. Cialis. Uh, yeah. I got I got to put my dick on Cialis. <laughs> From here on out. <laughs> what you After that, you know what happens when you take boner pills? You have to put your dick on Cialis. Okay, so let's go ahead and put an asterisk here. I'm not going to pronounce any medication's name properly because they're not meant to be pronounced. Um... So since Jones banned, I've been a bit curious about whether these male sexual enhancement drugs are really all they're cracked up to be, or if their effects are merely the stuff of lore. As a journalist, I feel it is my duty to try every self-improvement, self-enhancement, and self-experimentation method out there. In the past, I've tried drugstore hangover treatments, used acoustic sound wave therapy on my junk, and even injected my penis to get stronger erections. Why would trying these supplements be any different? So... Armed with a baseball cap, dark sunglasses, and a hoodie, I ventured out into my hometown of Spokane, Washington, to purchase a few of these so-called gas station dick pills myself. I figured that, for the good of men everywhere, I'd be willing to put my liver, kidneys, and crotch on the line. Uh, He gives an editorial note that Men's Health did not condone him doing this. Um... (laughs) So first, I started looking up whether these drugs are actually safe to use. For the most part, the answer appears to be no. In 2017, for instance, the FDA actually issued alerts for six different male sexual enhancement products, all of which contained potentially harmful ingredients, with zero mention of said ingredients appearing on the actual product labels. These alerts were added to the list of many other sexual enhancement products that contain hidden ingredients, including... Nope, not going to pronounce <laughs> them. Including all these Just... other ones that will be listed in the show notes. <laughs> including a bunch of ingredients uh, that are active ingredients in... Cialis and Viagra. 
This in addition to all the other natural ingredients on the labels of these supplements, which also happen to be untested, unstudied, and certainly not FDA approved. I reached out to various labs to ask if they do a chemical analysis of these pills, just to find out what exactly I'd be putting in my body. Every lab I spoke to refused, but I did discover one useful set of guidelines from the National Institute of Health, which warned consumers to beware of ED slash sexual enhancement products that promise quick results within 30 to 40 minutes, advertise via spam or unsolicited emails, or have labels written primarily in a foreign language. Unsurprisingly, every item in my little plastic bag satisfied each and every one of these criteria. (laughs) Nonetheless, I decided to carry on with my experiment. Armed with my FDA warnings, my gas station dick pills, and a mild amount of nervousness twitching in my nether regions, I proceeded with five consecutive days of gas station dick pill chugging. Below are my home lab notes in all their glory. Day 1. Extensi Male Enhancement. So Extensi is the, the first product. In 2013, the FDA issued a consumer warning about a counterfeit version of Extensi supplements labeled <laughs> Extensi Maximum Strength, also known as Extended Release. In its warning, the FDA said the counterfeit product conta- <laughs> contains, insert a drug name that I can't pronounce, show notes below, uh, which could potentially interact with nitrates found in some prescription drugs. Putting men with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or a history of heart attack or heart disease at risk. Even the original Extensi has been purported to be potentially harmful as it contains Yohimbi bark extract, which has been associated with heart attack and seizures. Oh, yeah. Give me that bark <laughs> extract. Mm. An hour after I popped this bright blue capsule, my dick felt sensitive, but not in a good way. Rather, in an achy, something doesn't feel quite right down there sort of way. Perhaps the achiness was due to the massive amounts of blood surging into my crotch, but whatever it was, I didn't enjoy the feeling. Also, within an hour of taking it, I got disturbingly hyperactive, almost the way I would feel after three or four cups of coffee. Per instructions on the label, I took it in the morning, but that night my bedroom performance didn't seem much different at all. Had I taken it right before having sex, it would have been likely to keep me up until 2 or 3 a.m., twitching like a horny hummingbird and annoying my wife. Day 2. Vigor A. I couldn't find any FDA warnings about the specific product, so I assumed it was likely on the safer side. But just 15 minutes after taking it, again in the morning, per the instructions on the package instructions, I felt a strange buzz that can best be described as a cerebral sensation combined with the urge to projectile vomit. (laughs) I was quite nauseous after breakfast, but it didn't last long. The strange effects seemed to wear off pretty quickly, much faster than they had with Extensi. That said, I experienced zero boner effect that night. Despite the package's promise of delivering erotic pleasure, stimulating arousal, plus my favorite, it really works. I had a soft and soggy penis. I suspect that's because Vigor A took full effect in the morning, then wore off by the evening, leaving my nether regions exhausted from shuttling about all that blood. Really works, indeed. Day 3. Power Zen Triple Gold. I promise it gets a little quicker from here. Um... I'm going to skip the FDA advisors because I feel like at this point that's really redundant to include that the FDA says don't use these things. They could hurt you because, duh. Uh, in other news, water, wet. Yes. Whoa! <laughs> For Power Zen, I decided to change my strategy of consuming my dick pill in the morning. Instead, I popped this one right before my big weekly evening date with my wife. I immediately tasted something bitter in my mouth and squirmed with GI distress during the first hour of our romantic outing. 
After which I excused myself to the bathroom for a massive, explosive liquid poo that required half the toilet paper roll to clean either side of my burning ass cheeks. I emerged from the bathroom feeling much better, even though I craved a Pedialyte over a glass of Pinot Noir. Thankfully, within an hour, the stomach issues had completely subsided, and I was back at home with my wife having mind-blowing sex. Yep, we're talking... I hope I didn't blow out the condom, can't pee for hours, who slipped Viagra into my Pellegrino, sex. But I'm still not sure if it was worth the decommissioning of the restaurant bathroom. (laughs) Mind you, this is your, like, I don't think that pill has anything to do with him shitting violently. I think the fact that he'd been three days into a bender of taking these pills probably did it. Um, But I digress. Day four. Herb Viagra. The instructions on the packages of these dick pills are often quite hilarious, and Herb Viagra is no exception. It's advertised as a lasting effect spermary preparation with distinct male hormone character protein assimilation and stimulating medulla creating blood function. Ooh. Despite the package's claim that a single pill takes effects for two to three days, I really didn't notice much, aside from a bit more uh, vascularity in my arms, my legs, and my dick, and a quick check-in with Miriam Webster to verify that spermary is indeed a known word in the dictionary. Turns out it is an organ in which spermatozoa are generated. Oh, okay. And then we come to the conclusion. Thank you for bearing with me, Shane, because I've seen Shane wiggling this entire time like his dick's going to fall off his body. No, I'm more just... No, like he just took one. I'm I'm chuckling at the fact that we now have like a bargain basement pornographer known (laughs) as Herb... Viagra. <laughs> You're not British, so you don't need to hit the H on that, Fred. Yo, hey, Herb Viagra here, Herb coming Viagra. to you from Spermatozoa, Sinal, and Plumbing, and uh, I'm here to tell you, after you're, you're done shitting it. your brains out, you're gonna fuck everything that moves. That's Herb Viagra. You can find me 442 South Bronx Street here in Brooklyn, New York. Well... You're speaking like a man who's never had to leave town because of a horrific event and then set up in another town pretending to be a bartender by a different name. So my uh-huh. my alias when I am on the lamb is Herb Viagra. So uh, me and Jackie I, I just, Daytona, I, we, uh, we have a really good time together. I was going to say, I wondered when you started writing for Men's Health, but <laughs> now I know. It all makes sense. Guys, just let Ben Grief- Greenfield finish. <laughs> okay <laughs> fuck you greenberg <laughs> okay so day five is kind of like a nice little bookend because it's uh day five is extensi male enhancement extended release version as i ex- suspected from my experience with the original extensi formula this one was pretty fo- powerful but not in a pleasant romantic sexual way an hour after taking it i got nauseous and came down with a horrible sneezing fit I was cold and clammy, my hands got extremely sweaty, and I couldn't finish my daily workout. Instead, I had to lay down in the sauna. Certainly didn't feel like having sex. Ultimately, these gas station dick pills didn't make me feel healthy, nor did they imbue me with pinch-me-I-must-be-dreaming vigor in life. In fact, from the nausea to the cold, sweaty palms to the feeling that my heart was exploding, the effects were pretty terrible. In the future, if I want to add a little extra in the bedroom, I'll stick to a cup of coffee, some sweet beetroot juice. Thank you very much. And that's where the literary genius and journalist Ben Greenfield leaves us. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you guys. Okay. I uh, I appreciated your extended release of that story. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was an extended version of the release. So how many of these have you tried, John? Um, I invented half of them. Oh, well, there you this go. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There's a, I don't expect any of you to have watched the show because it is absolutely horrific. Um, but Workaholics... Cool. They're one of the first or second episodes revolves around them getting drug tested and like the office getting drug tested and the main characters in the show are like it's the point of the show. They're they just got out of college, they're still partiers and they're doing every drug and you know, just whatever. Um but at the end of the episode they read what was in their urine. Um and it's like everything you can imagine. Like <laughs> everyone in this office tested positive for birth control, yada 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 energy pills blah 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 um but that's what this reminds me of it's probably one of those guys <laughs> okay this uh, reminds me of my high school friends one of whom is a very close dear personal friend of mine to this day but uh they all were aspiring hunter thompson uh children and uh, we were walking through the parking lot of a walgreens and this individual stopped and saw a small blue pill on the ground looked at me and went huh just picked it up and popped it in his mouth and dry swallowed as we were walking through. I was like, I'm looking forward to calling poison control for you later. This is going to be a good time for everybody. I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying this about your friend, but for the author of this article, um, these are the kind of people that don't believe that masks work, Mm -hmm. which, uh, it's the one year anniversary of a interestingly terrible day for us. Shane. Oh, good. Just, just to, you know, share where my brain's at. Go on. Well, that's, uh, it's good. I'll, I'll let you continue. But what's funny, the postscript to that story, and I'm not mentioning his name, so he won't mind. This gentleman works in a pharmacy currently. Oh. <laughs> All right. That makes a well, lot of sense for him. He's had a lot of hands-on trial, so he can tell you exactly when they're like, wait for the pharmacist to come tell you what the effects are. He knows. <laughs> he comes and he's like, trust me. He's like, okay, let me, uh, let me touch your left wrist. Touches it, touches the pill, licks his finger, licks the pill. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just puts his mouth over their mouth and hoovers for about two seconds just to get a, a taste of their type. Like, oh, you're type AB. This will be fine for you. You're good. Now just this. pull down your pants and let me uh, let me give your penis a quick little... Papa. Papa gives you a quick moosh. Oh, well, a, uh, a year ago, so March 17th... Um, of 2020 is when the world officially crumble crumbled like it, it had been in a, in a decline with with covid um yeah. and i remember because when i had i'd gone on a trip in january early january came back and the day the day that i flew back uh was the day that kobe was, uh helic like right before i got into the plane i saw twitter blowing up about kobe and i was like oh well this is a really really bad time to read about uh uh, airline or you know a, a crash of any sort right before i get on a, a plane but also the other art of the other headline locally was first case detected in arizona um so fast forward it's march 17th uh shane and i and the, the, the whole damn camp have been in the studio for three or four days march 17th is the last day that we are in the studio and i remember it was shane uh dan and myself uh dan's our producer and engineer and we were driving through a McDonald's just kind of thinking like we were kind of like future planning like don't don't you pull that shit what it was a McDonald's we did not go to the arches no it was burger king my friend oh okay well fuck me <laughs> oh uh, and if you want to fact check me on this i actually was just when i paypal'd you something not paypal uh, when i venmoed you the other day 
I saw that in my receipt for oh. the burgers. And uh, yeah, you put a crown in the comment. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, yeah, but I remember we were in the drive-thru and we were everyone sketched out at this point because, oh. you know, this is literally like day one shit of not understanding anything and you're kind of buckling up and you're kind of guessing like, is this going to be a thing? Um, we're talking like future planning and we're like, all right, man, well, you know, thanks for having us. You know, we'll, we'll see you sooner than later. I bet, you know, stay safe out there. And we haven't seen him since. I talked to that guy. I talked to Dan every now and again, though. I sent him some messages when I got my home stuff. As do I. I sent him after I listened to the the Wild Giants recording, which is fantastic, and yes. I love those boys. Uh, I, I sent Dan some kudos, or as told him how marvelous I thought it sounded. Yeah. Um, but I remember the the main thing that I remember about that day, and then we can get off this fucking subject because I know that that's not the point of the show, and we're here to laugh. Too late. Even though if you go back to our episodes from this time last year, there's like three <laughs> or four episodes straight of Shane and myself mainly screaming so loud that you could almost see the veins in our forehead exploding mm. um but i remember the 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 great tp shortage uh, the apocalyptic rush there's some there's some funnies in what you're about to dive into as well don't sell the sort of the story short uh there's some great tp it was the great tp shortage and our dear beloved drummer asher uh you know he works for one of the big box companies as a stalker um, so we're talking at this point, like it, and you guys all remember this. And it's not like I'm, I'm announcing something that you don't understand or can't comprehend. Like you're all like, we're all trying to stockpile and we're all trying to like not be part of the problem, but also try and make sure that when we get home, we're prepared to be home for a long time, which we yeah. were, um, Asher didn't have the benefit the company that he works for would not let their employees shop on their breaks. They had to wait until after their shift. So Asher had this, and and through this entire pandemic, to be honest, most likely, has this horrific experience of just watching the worst of the worst and then hoping that there's leftovers for him to pick through. So the day on March 17th of last year, Asher shows up to record drums because that's the last, that's what we left for last, which is still bizarre to think about for me, but it's our process now and it's fun. Mm -hmm. So he shows up and he is a shell of a man. And he's already a shell of a man. He's my favorite shell of a man. Um, But he is even like you can just feel distraught energy coming from him. So I was like, fuck it. Like, let's just go to like, give me a give me a grocery list. You record your drums and I'll go shop for you. Like I'll like in like whatever. So like we go I go to Sprouts while they're recording. And it's still to this day. Like, I don't know if I'll feel any more uh disdain for humanity and i know that that's just begging the universe to compile more reasons to hate everyone um but just take a quick second to reflect on how terrifying it was when you just went into a store and all the shelves were fucking empty fucking unreal i hope i never see something like that again but anyway uh i bought a bidet that that day as well um and i have been squirting water onto my dirty tushy ever since and uh, I think the real lesson of this story is uh, buy, buy a you know buy a tushy cleaner. Yeah, but days are pretty sweet. So as per usual, some of the greater pull quotes from Asher on that day were omitted in John's retelling of the tale. <laughs> but I specifically remember as he's setting his drum kit up. It's important to clarify Asher's a vegan, and very very adherent to the general bylaws of that he does not screw around at all he doesn't i mean the man uses like powdered toothpaste to avoid adding adulterants into his system so he's very strict 
So he's setting up his drum kits and he's telling our producer, he's like, motherfuckers bought all the lentils. I'm sure these fucks haven't seen a lentil in their goddamn life. Yeah. And I'm they're over here buying the shit I live off of. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I specifically that phrase embedded in my brain is like, motherfuckers never seen a lentil in their life trying to steal the shit. I got to feed my mom. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was uh, it was grand time. Uh, not Not to share his life, but I will report, though that uh his mom who is like the main thing that he's trying to protect in this world because she's is pretty sensitive mm-hmm. um got her shot so there's, there's some nice. good news there um yes. but anyway sorry for the tangent it's just been on my my head it, it's been on my brain all all fucking day so, so. an interesting benchmark to to note in the course of life as things were running around didn't and... mean to, to take it to a dark place because i figure i think we got really really down in talking about shit that we shouldn't have talked about on the podcast last year like we were venting a lot um, it's it's a podcast yeah and i do believe that story was mentioned um probably on the part two of our covid series or whatever the fuck it was i'm gonna so i'll, I'll go back and listen i've been kind of like <laughs> lies yeah i was like no you won't <laughs> I'll, I'll, no send balls. The fuck, I'll send the fucking receipts um, <laughs> are you gonna record yourself listening to it the whole time yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna film a reaction video. Do it. You won't. Okay. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> Give me. I want a director's commentary track to the fucking podcast. Record yourself. As someone who you want listened... me to pretend to be Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now this sounds like a good idea. Now you have to do it. Oh my god. Well, as somebody who listened to the podcast, like shortly after that time, I think I started listening. Like it was mid-pandemic. It was very funny to hear how you all were reacting to it um, because it was mainly bad, (laughs) which was really entertaining because it's like, yeah, that's like everybody was having their own response and like it was bad. But I will say as far as the empty grocery store thing, uh, I probably didn't go to a grocery store until April or May, like from March to like May was not in the store. And the first time I saw it, I was like. All right, cool. So, like, there will always be healthy food because we live in an area where all the junk gets bought the hell out. But there is so much produce. It's unbelievable. That's what Becky and I found, too, because, you know, you just have to wait. And, like, we ended up Trader Joe's ended up being a saving grace during that time because they were one of the first and only at the at the time to, like, start taking precautions seriously and limiting the amount of people in stores. Um, so it was like our safe haven trip. Um, but yeah, like all, like you're saying, like all the healthy shit was there and that's like Becky's, you know, a pretty damn good cook. So she, uh, you know, needed the fresh, healthy ingredients. So we, we were very fortunate, um, that that's how we, we like to eat that or, um, stuff that people don't know how to cook. (laughs) So I remember seeing a whole shelf full uh, or empty of any sort of pasta except for lasagna. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, nobody knows how to fucking cook lasagna. That's why there's still like just shells full of it, but everything else is gone, empty dust. And see, I I just went with killing every every human being I encountered who wasn't feverish and just eating them. Right. It's it's a much better way to approach. But uh, transitioning roughly from existential crisis or extensee crisis, depending upon your preferences. (laughs) Yes. We will discuss. An interesting dilemma that we have this <gasps> week, which Ooh. is we are now nearly 40 minutes into the episode. 
Not really. Anywho, so for those of you who are playing the home game, what we typically do here is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven in the occasional lie just to keep things interesting. It is then incumbent upon the co-hosts to separate the fact from fiction in the game that we play called Who's Lion? And of course, the points don't matter and no one wins because we can't take the time to tally. Correct. That said, what are we speaking about this week, Courtney? You know, we're we're just gonna just jump right in, and the uh, the topic will expose itself. So it's John. It's, How many lies? Six lies. Um, Ooh. I will say off the top, our our overarching theme here is um, tea. Do we have any like big tea drinkers? Like anybody is just like this is all I do is drink tea all day. I'm not British, so no. If I could afford the the fancy like high maintenance tea things, I would do that 100%. I'm drinking a citrus and uh, green tea aha at the present, but you know. I Those always make me super one. hungry. <laughs> I don't know why. It sounds like a you problem. This is this is John's day for bodily processes apparently. This uh <laughs> tell me about your spectrum, bud. I've gotten to talk about all of my favorite things in 30 minutes. So, I'm good. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I can actually just not talk for the rest of the show and be fucking fine. Well, we haven't mentioned your mother. Uh, or Dai-Dai, so Oh my god. <laughs> the two I'll, are connected. Don't worry, enough. guys. Uh just like my sister, I'll find a way to fit it in. <laughs> yeah, that 2 inches is hard to manage. Uh Courtney, you were saying about tea. So anyways, the the blend of tea that we're going to talk about today um, includes a lot of like your guys' favorite things. Um, hippies, cults, herbs, and eugenics. Yum. All our favorite things. <laughs> Stop. Okay. I can only get so erect. <laughs> well, I have Oof. some products I can recommend to you. So yeah, really lighthearted topic. Dick blocking um, pills. I don't know. So right Sorry. off right off the bat here, we're just going to ignore Michael and we're just going to keep moving. I try to do that so, every day. Blocker and herb Viagra. Yes. Okay. <laughs> herb because, for it, Courtney. I mean, that was actually a really great segue into this. Um, because the first thing that I'm going to touch on right away is that the term herbal tea is incorrect. They should be known as a tisson, which is a term that comes to us from Europe, um, but essentially that's taking herbs and spices and steeping them in water. Herbal teas don't actually contain any tea, uh, which is typically caffeinated and comes from one very specific plant that originated in China, East Asia area. So to get that right out of the way, herbal teas are a lie. It's not a thing. Bullshit. Bullshit. Can't throw me off the scent. I would like to educate a little bit before we just dive into this madness. Uh, John was just upset that you didn't say herbal teas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Herbs. He's got them herbies. That is one oh. of my favorite Eddie Izzard jokes, though, not to bet off the path, is uh, talking about the variations in pronunciation between Brits and the Americans. And the line there is, uh, you Americans say herbs and Brits say herbs because there's a fucking H in it. <laughs> so, yes, Perfect. there you are in your defense. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the most popular herbal teas um, to ever hit the shelves is sleepy time tea. Anybody had that familiar yeah, Probably indeed. in your cabinet right now. I actually checked because I thought we might have some, but we do not. Um, basically, this tea is made by Celestial Seasonings, uh, which is one of the biggest 
<clears throat> excuse me, distributors of tea in the U.S. Um, but this is not a nice bedtime story. This is actually more of a nightmare um, because <clears throat> essentially our founders of Celestial Seasonings didn't really have the greatest beliefs. Um, and that's that's <clears throat> where we get more into uh, the, the culty situation here. Um, so basically, the history of this company, it started back in 1969 um, nice. by a couple of hi hippies who were hiking through the Rocky Mountains and were like, oh, shit, look at all these herbs that we can take for ourselves and make some tea. Do it, Michael. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she said 69. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to call bullshit on oh, the year no. 1969. No, I just wanted you to say nice. You beautiful bastard. But hey, while we're there, right. is 1969 bullshit? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm easily entertained. What can I say? <laughs> Welcome to episode 84. Oh, not as nice. No. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Stephen remarked to me this <gasps> afternoon. Stephen. Uh, that he says oof now in his general conversations <laughs> because of fucking Michael. And he's very upset at you. So just that you know. Um, the I'm hit proud. list grows. <laughs> yes. So set the you scene. So, We've got yeah, hippie guys, mountain, herbs, making leaf soup to drink. This is what we're doing. This is what we're about. <laughs> Cave hippie make leaf soup. Yeah, exactly. Like, and happy how, 1969. How did, how did nice. their dicks feel afterwards? Uh, like John's, small and sad. And so oh. our main hippie guy. Not what your husband said, Quebec. <laughs> our main hippie guy and local herbalist is Mo Siegel. He's going to be kind of the star of our show today. Not and Mo. Hey, Mo. Mo. Oh, Mo. Can I just get this out of the way? Mo Siegel, Mo Problems. <laughs> please. <laughs> Poor Shane. Poor no, Shane. Mo, no Mo puns, please. <laughs> okay, so Courtney's abandoned the show, and I can't say it's a blamer. We're just going to continue to be juveniles in her absence, and it'll go over for everybody. <laughs> So he was kind of known around town as a local herbalist. Um, he would like hand sew these little like muslin bags and stuff leaves in them and sell them to people because it's healthy. Or so that's what he said. So realizing that he may be less of a hippie and more of a capitalist, he was like, oh, shit, I can make money doing this. And so he marched his little muslin bags over to the bank and got a loan and started Celestial Seasonings, uh, which supposedly got its name. Um, from the co-founder's girlfriend's flower name. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like some hippie shit to me. Um, so essentially, Celestial Seasonings, they start out with two blends. The Sleepy Time Tea, which we all know and love, which is a blend of chamomile, spearmint, and lemongrass, amongst like 16 other ingredients, um, but less like John's pills, all verifiably ingestible. Uh, right. And then everything's ingestible. Mm, You're brave enough. <laughs> and then <laughs> the, try hard the enough. second tea that they came out with was the Tension Tamer, which features cinnamon, peppermint, and catnip, which I was surprised to find was one of the ingredients. That is bullshit. Huh. Which part? Catnip. Nope. Cinnamon. 
No. I'll just name them all. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. The, the T itself. No. I would say the the name of the T strikes me as the thing, which sounds oh. bizarre, but. Nope. All right. Well, I give up. While we're on the uh, subject as well, floating back, the girlfriend's flower name as being the inspiration for the company sounds like bullshit to me. That was what it said in the article. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. You got really close, John. So Tension Tamer was not the second blend of tea. I'll give you that one. Uh, they <gasps> okay. actually it had was one. The third. It was called Red Zinger, which was a hibiscus tea. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Naturally. Obviously. There's plenty of drinks with hibiscus in that, so. Yeah. Good job, Michael. <laughs> um. So not only were our co-founders Siegel and then the other guy's last name is Hay, um, they weren't just big tea enthusiasts. They were also super into this really awesome book called The Orientia, um, which may have also had something to do with the naming of the company also because um, the book is believed to have been written solely by celestial beings. Tight. More on that nice. later. Uh-oh. Um, Siegel can be quoted as saying that the Urantia inspired how he ran celestial seasonings from the beginning, and it provided a moral compass for him and his employees. He is quoted as saying, I wanted bold. I found bold. I wanted spiritual adventure. And I was on the ride of my life. I was searching for truth, and this book was loaded with it. Anybody going to think this book's going to be problematic? Because it is. Uh, is it that sounds quote inspirational. Is, is, any, like, is that quote that he said bullshit? Oh, no, that's absolutely what he said. Okay. Huh. Sounded almost too corporate speak for it to well, really be hippie. You haven't heard many hippies talk, have you? <laughs> no, I have not. Um, Lucky. So this book was published, supposedly, in 1955. Um, the Urantia has no cited author, but is somewhat adjacent to the Seventh-day Adventist movement. Um, the thing that makes this book so special, though, is it was dictated by a man who was in a coma, who was possessed by celestial aliens, who provided many secrets of the universe. Wait. Was this during the coma? Yeah, so, <laughs> or like, post-coma? Basically, like, one of their neighbors was just kind of, like, hella out of it. And, like, having these delusions and stuff. And, like, he was in and out and all around. And so when he was knocked out unconscious, an alien would come through him and basically and describe the secrets of the universe. Huh. That's not technically being comatose, though. I mean, you're you're not really in, in contact with any of your faculties at that time. Um, Are you is- trying to say that his experience wasn't valid and special? <laughs> I'm saying it's impossible <laughs> for a comatose person to write a book. Listen, Shane. Oh, he just dictated it. He it's didn't 21. write it. We got to be tolerant about these. <laughs> oh, well, that changes How everything. How did he move to dictate anything? He's comatose. He's a fucking vegetable. Because he had control over his big toe, which this was the twitch 50s. We don't have a teletype that you can connect to his genitals that then dictates dictates what he's trying to convey. Oh, no, this... Someone get this vegetable a dick pill stat. Uh, the man was comatose. It was aliens speaking through his just body. Tell me if it's bullshit or not move on (laughs) (laughs) not bullshit okay what about the are are you gonna get into how it's related to the seventh day adventist because i don't see how that makes any sort of sense what at all so based on my research it never does which is why i was like i'm not deep diving into that part of it because i've met people who practice seventh day adventist and i guarantee you they'd be like that has nothing to do with our shit 
and it's not bullshit. I I will officially call bullshit on that. Okay. All right. Nope. It's it's supposedly connected. I just don't see how. Ooey, that's all I'll say. Um, but anyways, it was written by Alien Boy, um, or dictated by. Uh, most non-believers think the book was actually written in the 1900s by a psychiatrist named William Sadler, um, who was, like, hella racist, but, like, just didn't want to own up to it. So basically he just said, oh, yeah, the supernatural beings wrote the book. Um, you can actually go and download this book for free online. Uh, reason being is that um, a Texas court actually ruled that because it was written by a supernatural power, there was no copyright. And so it's public domain. That's bullshit. It's not. No, I believe that 100%. Oh, it's, you said <laughs> Texas, Especially a didn't Texas you? law, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they practice yeehaw rules. <laughs> yeah, no, a, a court Only. actually ruled that it was public domain. Did the and judge then juice. put on his hat and get back onto his horse and drive through traffic on his horse to take the <laughs> six-hour horse ride back home, which was 15 miles away? That's oddly specific. Uh, if I wronged. remember correctly, that it was actually that was ruled in 1995, so it was not that long ago. So it was a four-hour horse ride. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and it was under the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, get your free copy, guys. Um, On it. The Urantia starts by depicting the creation story, while the ending of the book spends a lot of time telling the story of Lucifer. Um, One of the key points of the book states that Lucifer, Satan, Adam, Eve, and Jesus are all extraterrestrial beings who have visited Earth, and that Adam and Eve were sent to improve the human race. Has anyone done fanfics of this? No, but they, I mean, we could just read this book because it gets wild. It is public domain, which means there can't be any copyright. (laughs) I would be down for it. Well, by reading it on a public, like doing, if we were to do a reading of it, is that supporting it or would we just tear it apart for being nonsensical? Well, were we supporting my, my immortal when we read it? Yes. You weren't? I, I was just asking a general question. Was our, fanfic read of it supporting it in any way shape or form you were saying courtney (laughs) i think once we learn a little bit more about this book i don't think you're gonna want to be recorded (laughs) saying anything about it you know but that that could just be a me thing um so basically adam and eve they appear a lot because there's not just our earth there's 10 billion earths and Mm -hmm. so they get sent to Ah, each earth to... I was going to say, this is a DC comic. We know this to be true. Oh, yeah, for sure. Huh. Uh, but basically, our planet is Earth, and it's number 404 in the planet group of Satania. Is that is that bullshit? Is the 404 bullshit? It is. Is it not found? Yeah, okay. That was good, though. <laughs> that was good. It's, that was good. I was like, oh, it can't be found. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. It's, we're planet 606, so I was like, yeah, it's close enough. 404. It's I liked funny. it. funny. It was good. So, of course, you know, with there being 10 million inhabited planets um, who all basically come about in the same way, uh, when we die, we're reincarnated on a new planet, and then the cycle continues until we reach paradise, uh, which is where, like, the ultimate supreme god guy hangs out, I guess. Um, The book also references that we all have um, a version, their version of, like, the Holy Spirit in us, um, 
except it's called the Thought Adjuster, uh, which coincidentally is also the name of a wooden spoon we had when I was growing up, but is it? I digress. <laughs> it, I, I just need clarification. Is that thought T-H-O-U-G-H-T or is that T-H-O-T? Um, in our fanfic, it'll be T-H-O-T. All right, I'm in. Great. John sold. You can call me the thought adjuster. <laughs> and suddenly the PKD thought adjustment bureau has an entirely different connotation. This burger tastes like piss and flies. So, the thought adjusters <laughs> in all of us. Um. So anyways, we'll get back to... uh I hope not. <laughs> the thought adjuster was inside us the whole time. It's always been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Back to Sadler, though, um, the not author of this book who witnessed the crazed alien inflicted man. Um, so apparently this guy was dictating this for 10 years. So Sadler, his wife and his daughter were just like sitting around taking notes of this. I don't know when they had time to have like real jobs or anything, but that's just like what they were doing. Well, they weren't dictating. They basically treated him like a seismograph and they just dipped his dick in ink turned him over on the bed and just let him write as he shake and, and writhed around, you enjoying getting, his Caesars. You, <laughs> Caesars? Caesars. <laughs> you're, you're getting a lot of good mileage out of this uh, this veggie tale. She's a fucking comatose person. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that I have been insensitive in some way, shape, or form, so I feel like maybe just to get, throw out a blanket, I'm sorry? Yeah, just double down <laughs> on that. It's good. Uh, it's too late to apologize. Oh. Too late. Um, there's some speculation, however, that, um, the guy that they were hanging out with was actually Sadler's brother-in-law, uh, Wilfred Custer <gasps> Kellogg. Yeah, from that Kellogg family. You know. Is this... that bullshit? No. <laughs> oh my this god. This makes a lot more sense. <laughs> you know, the Kellogg family that, like, created really bland food so you wouldn't touch yourself? The, yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. The I, joke's on them. Know. I doubled down. I touched myself more. With the Kellogg cereal. You should, like, rub graham crackers on your hands and then get to business? No, the cornflakes, graham crackers. I didn't know lube until I was an old man. Oh, well. Now you know, folks. Uh, I mean, the the family was initially, you know, very concerned with mental health, and that's odd that one of them would go off the beaten path, as it were. Yep. I see you. So, I guess at some point, there's this group that gets together, and they're called The Forum, and they just come up with 4,000 questions that they're going to ask this alien, and then they're going to write it all down. And so the alien's like, hold my beer, like, let's do this, and answers all 4,000 questions. And so basically, that's how the Urantia came about. So the Urantia is just a 4,000-page Q&A? I mean, from what I read, it was like this book weighs like five pounds. Like, it's no joke. So it was the the Reddit AMA of a group of unnamed individuals talking to a comatose guy who was just wriggling his dick on paper. And boy, does he have ideas. All right. Hold on. So just because every time Shane's been saying this, did I miss something? Is he literally writing something with his dick or is this the (laughs) dick? That's the canon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, okay, so I'm going to explain it how fiction, I under... Yes. Got it. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, I was like, there would be far more of an interesting story if that was the case. 
Penis scriber, yes. How I understand it, <laughs> technically, is that the guy is claiming to be co- like in a coma while someone else is using his body. Aliens. So it's almost like a merciful personality, but not its aliens instead, to dictate and someone else is scribing the answers, namely okay. this forum group. Exactly. This cat is the Ansible. Yes. All right. No, I, that makes perfect sense. So basically, he starts by telling them about how there were originally six races on Urantia, um, red, orange, yellow, green, and blue, and indigo. Why is this problematic? Well, because the yellow race usually enslaves the green, while the blue man, which corresponds to Caucasians, subdues the oh. indigo. I was, I was disappointed. I thought it was the blue man group, but no. anyway, continue. I mean, technically, uh, they're probably all white people anyway, so. <laughs> the indigo people are Italians or something? No, no. I'll tell you let, one let thing, though. Again. They're all on the spectrum. <laughs> Beautiful color spectrum. Big if true. So go, th- go through that little, uh, the, the color diagram there again. Yeah, and this is just a few <laughs> of the examples. So the yellow race usually enslaves the green race. Uh, while the blue man, which corresponds to white people, uh, usually enslaves um, the indigo, uh, which is considered to be black people. And uh, another problem with this is so Adam and Eve are like fair skinned and have blue eyes. And their whole purpose of showing up to each planet was to show their superiority over the native people and then to only breed with the people who were worthy to um, basically with the goal of like eliminating the inferior races so that one earth would be purified, one race, one language, and one religion would all be... Space what we're Nazis. going for. Mm, eugenics. It's, it's Yeah, I was going to say, it's called eugenics. Yeah. <laughs> the socialists don't have proprietary interest in it. They just co-opted it. Space Nazis. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Adam and Eve, space Nazis. <laughs> hey, uh, hey I'd Courtney. I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I, I don't want to do the fan fic read in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so. Good. Proud of you. Personal growth for all of Thanks. us. Thanks. Uh, we're trying I, to get it lanced. He needs to have it looked at a little more. <laughs> um. But the problem is that when Adam and Eve came to our Earth, um, they kind of fucked up and didn't complete the process of you know the one race thing. So. Basically, the book is quoted as saying, you must now work out your planetary problem of race improvement by other and largely human methods of adaptation and control. Sound familiar? Largely human. Can I call bullshit on largely human? No. Do they say that? Yeah, it says that. Okay. Largely human means of control? I just love that the answer to this is T. (laughs) Yeah. Could you? Yeah, it's really. Um, it all comes back to T. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, we started with T, and this is where we are now. Hashtag twinning. Well, and that's like the greatest part about this is this was the book that he was using as his moral compass for running uh-huh. a company. Absolutely. I've read Brave New World. I know how the uh, you know echelon system works for us. 
<laughs> that joke was lost sorry. on the room. I, I, was, I was in the middle of yawning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're I, always I, I'm in the sorry. middle of yawning, Michael. It's your oh, life yeah. choice. I'm so bored all the no, time. No, I'm not. I'm just always If you're going to yawn, can you leave the room? Yeah, Jesus, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Clark has left the session. Michael Clark has left the meeting. Donna Noble has left the library. <laughs> Donna Noble has been saved. Welcome back, Puddin' Pop. Welcome back, Michael, just in time to hear about how Sadler was not on his own in his beliefs, and in fact, his wife was very on board. Mm-hmm. Was it just his wife or his, his wife or his girlfriend with the flower name? No, that's... Because I'm assuming it's two separate that's people. That's somebody else. Sadler is the That wasn't author. Mo. That's oh, the other Sa- guy. Oh, I'm so sorry. They all just bleed into one person. I'm sorry. I just what are you trying to say? That's not the goal, Michael. We don't want them to bleed all into one person. Yeah. That's fair, I guess. Well, if they do, they'll clean it up. So she gives a speech at this, like, forum. Um, I read one article that she was a doctor. I can't verify that because all the other articles didn't say that. But um, she goes on to say... At least 90% of crime, insanity, feeble-mindedness, moronism, oh, no. and abnormal sexuality, like not to mention many other forms of defectiveness and degeneracy. So basically eliminating John. Um, Thank you. <laughs> thus, within a century, our asylums, prisons, and state hospitals would be largely emptied by their present victims of human woe and misery. Oh. I thought it was getting, I thought she was going to lead into something way worse. Never mind, continue. Um, effectively to say that by eugenics, we could achieve this better version of our world because mm. her husband's teachings yeah. had definitely sunk in for her. Because white people have never done anything deplorable over the course of human history. That's never happened. No, no of course not. Not nope. once. Mm-mm. <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face. I'm sorry. Is this funny to you, Michael? Is this a joke? Yes. <clears throat> I'm not going to understand every joke, Michael. Why don't you explain uh, it? Well, it's it's funny because we all said that white people didn't do anything heinous, and you know, but that you know. Oh, okay. I'll well, stop that, talking. Yeah, uh, Courtney, you were saying. <sighs> <sighs> so basically. How does this all relate back to Mo, our buddy at Celestial Seasonings? Um, well, I'll let him tell you. Unfortunately, several factors hinder progress towards the development of a disease-free world. The laws of genetics are immutable and the form of physical cornerstone of evolution. At the present time, mankind loses about as much progress as it makes by ignoring eugenics. Oh, Mo's kind of okay. a dirtbag, huh? Yeah, he kind of sucks. Now, Hay is on board with this, though. Oh, yeah. His co-founder, totally in. There was actually like kind of like a core group of people that started the place. So Hay, his girlfriend, the flowered name, child person, and like a few other people that were just like picking herbs in the mountains. And they were all they like, have a bit of a... this cult shit's awesome. They got a bit of a family going, yeah, you could say. Yeah, you could say. Conceivably. Hmm. Huh. But, you know, Mo wasn't all bad because he was also quoted as saying, Belonging to any particular race provides no spiritual advantage or disadvantage. All persons are equal in the sight of God. Except? Oh, 
I was I was I was thinking he was going to lead into an except there. Some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, essentially he espoused his beliefs only to then be like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. I'm just kidding. Don't worry about it. Buy my tea." You can't taste it. <laughs> but you can see it on every box and tea tag because Initially, when they had rolled out, and actually, I believe some of the boxes still do have, like, inspirational quotes on them. But the reason yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that they did was because he was so inspired by the Urantia that he wanted to motivate other people by pouring, you know, not only tea into their lives, but also inspirational quotes. How that relates back to this horrific book? I don't know. That's what he said. Okay. Basically, in the article I was reading, this is from Food and Wine magazine, they actually, they caught up with a former employee um, who basically was like, yeah, we all were kind of aware that this was like the underlay of like the moral foundation of the company. But, you know, we're making tea. It's great. Um, Sigler left Celestial Seasonings in 2002. Um, The author of the article reached out to Celestial Seasonings multiple times for comment. Needless to say, they didn't want anything to do with this article um, because they, I believe they were bought out by Kraft Foods at one point and now they're owned by another parent company and have done everything they can to disassociate with the founding of the company because it's a very profitable product if you overlook the dark beginnings of it. Um, But not to worry though, because our buddy Mo is still very busy um, because when he left in 2002, Um, He not surprisingly became the Supreme Adjuster of the Urantia Foundation, uh, which is a title that he still holds today. Um, So if you feel like, you know, signing up, joining up, you could still go hang out with Mo. The Urantia Foundation is a real thing? Absolutely is a real thing. Now, here's the thing. If we all have the Thought Adjuster in us, why do we need further adjustment from the Supreme Adjuster? True. So How about that, Mo? Huh? Is there a Supreme Adjuster? There's not a Supreme Adjuster. <laughs> there we go. Good he's, job, Shane. He's the president of the foundation. All right. Well done. I was like, is this God's chiropractor now? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you these things, but occasionally you require a gentle nudge. That sounds like a uh, Paramount Plus or Paramount All Access exclusive show. <laughs> God's Adjuster. God's Adjuster. <laughs> so, anyways... It's not a formal religion by any stretch of the imagination. They don't claim to be. Um, however, there are prophets of the Urantia um, that have mm. cults all over the nation. And if you are looking to join up, you certainly can. Um, but that is the dark culty religion behind everyone's favorite sleepy time tea. That's fabulous. Awesome. Well done. Yeah, um, I definitely didn't know any of that until today, so... Yeah. Now, for those who are trying to leave the religion, do they need to receive urine therapy? <laughs> Only if Michael is uh, leading the group, yeah. Okay. Leading the charge. Uh, is that how you get the yellow people? Or <laughs> <laughs> I, The articles I read were much longer and much more detailed in that area. I'm sure. And I was, it was very confusing and very hard to follow, but it was really mind-blowing uh, how much time was spent on who enslaves who and who gets to be with Adam and Eve. And it's just absolutely batshit. It's Oof. my turn to have the wacky three-way. 
Exactly. Uh, just when we thought Scientology would be the most bizarre thing that we studied on this little show. Yeah. Nope. So, did we did we hit half of your lies? Uh, we, we got three of six. Two? Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah, three. Three, yeah. Nice. Yes. You got really close to one, but then Michael reaffirmed it, and so I rolled with it. Um, It wasn't in oh, Texas oh, that the court ruled that it was not copyrightable. That was actually what? here in Arizona. Oh, oh fuck oh. me. Naturally. You mean the Diet Coke of Texas? Yeah, exactly. Oof. The state I wouldn't is, give us that much of a compliment there. The state that is trying to kill permanent early voting to try to prevent the group currently in power from being ousted entirely. Yeah. We, we don't want everyone yeah. to vote. Yeah, no, certainly then not. They'll, then they'll vote smart. A vote for yeah. me is a vote counted. A vote against <laughs> me is a crime. Is hey, maybe they're all involved in this weird eugenics project because we're trying to turn this state blue and uh, they refuse yeah. to allow it to bully them and uh, enslave them. Exactly. All right. I'm 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 finally figuring this stuff out. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's just layers. This is an onion, baby. We got to go all the way through. It goes the all the way stronghold. to the top. It goes if all the way to the top. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dad. I'm gonna be a dad. <laughs> uh, what are the three that we missed? So Texas was actually Arizona. Yep. And then I told you um, that the book was starts by depicting the creation story. Um, it does not. That's not true. Um, and then I also told you that the book spends a lot of time talking about the story of Lucifer. It's also not true. Um, the book spends a lot of time talking about Jesus for some reason, because for some reason they really affirm his existence and his whole mm. story. Um, so they like really like the New Testament, but the Old Testament was like, we could jazz this up with some like aliens. That would be tight. And so essentially the first part of the book is like three different sections on blue people versus red people versus yellow people and then we get into the jesus part so there you go so someone played a really aggressive game of simon and (laughs) then found the lord yeah really aggressive i'm with it some like really angry twister was happening um and then you guys got the last one which was there was no supreme adjuster or god (laughs) emperor as it were or planet 404 I actually ordered a Supreme Adjuster from Taco Bell the other day. It was oh, very beefy. Woo-hoo. Courtney, do you did you already announce it on the show? Uh, I just seen I see your Twitter feed um, about your experiences with the uh, Taco Bell. Didn't they didn't they do something quite uh, quite welcomed? Yeah, in the past a, few weeks. A big shout out to us in this show because we did it. We we changed the the culture, the history of the Taco Bell. Um, because your guys's big following prior to me even joining, honestly, and your big support for Taco Bell, they finally brought back the spicy potato taco. And I got to have one the other day, and it was marvelous. And by marvelous, of course you mean it hurt, it made you sad, but overall you were fulfilled. By marvelous, I mean... It did a nice job soaking up that beer, and that's what it's there for. It Indeed, it is. Yeah, so thank you to our 500,000 million listeners strong. 
um, for enacting the change that we need uh, to uh, to get Taco Bell to get off their little high horses and give us what we actually wanted. So thank you, listeners. Yeah, we should. You be- can. You can. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, we should be getting a sponsorship offer from them any day. They they respond yep. to all my tweets. This show has been John. brought to you by Taco Bell. Let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> my body has been brought to you by Taco Bell, but the show has very little to do with it. Uh, John, you can just say five trillion. It's fine. Nope. We're, we can escalate to that. It's it's certifiable. I'm trying to be humble. Wait. Humble. Thousand yes. million would be five hundred. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I didn't say John knew our actual following numbers, Michael. I just said we have five trillion followers. Oh, okay, right. got it. We are intergalactic. I, I mean, we have ten billion planets to you know cater mm-hmm. to, so that's a lot of follows. We are very, very big on planet four ninety seven. Big, 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 big on that planet. And I'm big in Japan. So, uh, thank you all for being here. On another boner-tingling edition Ooh. of Disinformed. And we appreciate you being here. If you want to continue to show us the love and adoration that we so richly deserve and that Taco Bell attempted to deny us for oh so long, uh, you can give us a little like and subscribe on this glorious little podcast because we do love to get comments. We'd love to get one. It'd be really nice. So you dive right in and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, otherwise, you can find us myriad times weekly. For instance, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we are featured on the tubes of you. 10 a.m. Mountain Time, we have Fan Fiction and Disinformed After Dark, which air there. And, of course, we flee from your preferred provider app every marvelous Monday morning. And so you should tune in there. Furthermore... We have some social networking sites that you can continue to avoid, like the plague, as much as you'd like. And let me tell you how to do so. You can stay away from Facebook.com slash Disinformed Podcast. On Instagram, you can stay away from at Disinformed Podcast. And of course, on Twitter, at Disinformed Pod should be as shoot at all costs. So, for this marvelously, spiritually edifying installment of the Disinformed Podcast... I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. So long and good fucking riddance. So long and good fucking